This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is an historic time. This could be the next 1918 pandemic. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? Are you isolating yourself? Who do you count on? It's actually to protect you. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist. You're going to have to tell me. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is our special series in which we bring you the latest analysis and the science of the pandemic to keep you informed, prepared, and calm. We're all in this together, my friends. As of this recording, on Thursday, the 30th of April, we have a million reported cases of COVID-19 in the United States alone, and that number includes more than 61,000 deaths. In better times, I enjoy a good honky-tonk. You know, who doesn't love Ranger Doug and the Riders in the Sky? Who doesn't love uh, Vince Gill, for crying out loud? And Nashville is nothing but fun. But reopening Tennessee, this is not the time for this, people. And our guest today is very familiar with Nashville and Tennessee and all things uh, from that area. It's Dr. James Hildreth, president and CEO of Meharry Medical College in Nashville. It's a famous, famous uh, medical college established for African-Americans in the South. Today, it's the largest historically black college solely dedicated to educating the next generation of black doctors, nurses, and medical researchers. Dr. Hildreth is a Harvard graduate, a Rhodes Scholar, has a PhD in immunology at Oxford, and he has medical doctor degree is from uh, Johns Hopkins, my father's alma mater. And he's also on the mayor of Nashville's coronavirus task force. He has spoken extensively in the mayor's press conferences about the message, don't be a vector. Welcome to Science Rules, Dr. Hildreth. Is it okay to call you James? Of course. And Bill, I'm so excited to be here. I can't tell you how excited I am. Really? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's, you're, you're on the forefront and you are providing reasoned advice to, well, to people who need it. <laughs> what, what do you mean by don't be a vector? So, Bill, coronaviruses tend to be indigenous to bats, for example, and they transmit between bats all the time. 
and occasionally they jump into other animals. So for the SARS outbreak of 2000 and the MERS outbreak of 2012, there was an intermediate host. For the SARS virus, it was cats. And when humans came into contact with the cats, we got infected. So cats were the vector. For MERS virus, it was camels. So when we came into contact with camels, we got infected. The biggest difference between those two coronavirus pandemics and this one is we are now the vectors. So we are transmitting the virus to each other. And when viruses adapt to be able to go from one human to another, that's when things get really serious. And that's what's happened with this. That's the main difference between this virus and those previous two. So how do we go about not being a vector? Well, we don't have a vaccine and we don't have a drug to treat it. So our best chance of not becoming a vector are all the things that you heard us talk about. Uh, social distancing, because the virus can be transmitted through the air. Washing of the hands is the most important thing anybody can do because we have a habit of touching our face, touching our T-zone, the eyes, the nose, the mouth. That's and called that's the T-zone because it's shaped like a capital T. Yeah, yes. cool. I'd never so, heard that. See, listen yeah. to this podcast, people. Turn <laughs> it up loud. So those are great portals of entry for viruses because they have mucous membranes. The rest of our skin is keratinized and viruses cannot infect us. But those parts of our outside body, the eyes, nose, and mouth, have mucous membranes, and they're great ways for viruses to get into us. Yeah. So when you touch the surface with virus, touch your eyes, your nose, your mouth, you're giving the virus an opportunity to infect you. That's why washing the hands many times a day is a great way to keep from getting infected. So what's going on in Tennessee? In Tennessee, there are 95 counties. Six of those counties have their own health departments, right? So what Governor Lee did was, for the counties that have no health department of their own, he's offered guidance to them about when they can restart their businesses and all of that. So for 89 counties, except for where you find Knoxville, Chattanooga, Memphis, and Nashville, those four mayors formed their own task force, which I was a part of, to plan opening, reopening, restarting the economy. But for the rest of the state, he's given permission to those businesses to reopen with some exceptions. If you uh, have a business where there's close contact between you and your customer, there are restrictions. But beyond that, he's given permission for businesses to start opening again. How do you feel about that? I'm nervous about it because as I said before, Listen to him, everybody. The guy has been fighting this fight for three months, and he just a deep sigh on every paragraph. Well, I really appreciate this, doctor, taking the time to tell well, people how you feel. Well, well, I'm nervous because we we haven't yet, I don't think, reached our peak. And what we are dealing with here the are peak multiple of, of trouble and deaths, right? Yes, it's the peak of infections and death. So we're dealing with multiple outbreaks that are occurring at different stages. You know, Nashville is a little bit behind some other cities. Some other cities are a little bit behind us. And these are all playing out as many epidemics, right? And until all of them are resolved, or unless we put strict travel restrictions on human beings, it's not going to work. Because again, if one place does a great job of shutting the virus down, but the neighboring municipalities don't do so, we're all going to be back where we started from. And that's my main concern, that if we take our foot off the gas pedal too soon, 
Because believe me, in Nashville, the people of Nashville have done a great job. I have to give them credit. They, they stayed at home. They did the social distancing. I mean, we had some exceptions of people not doing it. But for the most part, Nashville has been very successful in adhering to the stay-at-home order and doing what we need to do to flatten the curve. I'm really happy that among African-Americans in Nashville, we have a lower number of cases and deaths than, than are seen in other places relative to how many people there are. So, so, well, so why? Okay, hang on. That's good news. That right? is good news. Yeah, but you used a term which I had not heard before, mini epidemics. So each yeah. city or county, if you let it get out of hand, you get an epidemic there, and that's right. just going to lead to trouble. You light a match, you can burn down a city. So there was a lot of pressure to, um, to open it up, and there's a distinction between urban areas and rural areas. Sure. So first of all, let me give the governor credit for doing two. Very governor of Tennessee. Governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee. The governor has decided that every nursing home and assisted living facility in Tennessee is going to be screened for COVID-19. And as you know, you've heard the stories all the time over the last several weeks that nursing homes appear to be just fertile ground for COVID-19 to take hold and, and take some lives. So I believe, and I've been saying this for weeks, that every nursing home and assisted living facility in the country should be screened for COVID-19. The staff should be wearing PPE. Visitors should be screened because we know those are vulnerable populations. And once the virus gets in there, it's going to do great harm. So the, the governor has decided that he's going to make sure that every facility in Tennessee is screened for COVID-19. And that should be a national uh, priority. If I may whine and complain as a voter Uh-oh. and taxpayer, no, not Uh-oh. to you, <laughs> but this sure seems like a place where you would have somebody in charge of the United States and he or she would direct resources from here to there without guys like Governor Lee having to make deals to go into debt to get these problems solved. So uh, go ahead. You're <laughs> nodding. I totally agree with you. And I've said from late January we need a national response to the virus because viruses do not respect borders. And even if you t- talk to them reasonably. Even if you talk to them reasonably. And in this case, we are the vector. So the virus is going with us wherever we go. And unless you're going to shut down all the state borders and let states do what they do and never have us cross lines again. And not have the wind go across either. Exactly. So that's why we need to be synchronizing what we do across the whole country. As a matter of fact, if I had been in charge, we'd have shut the whole country down for three weeks. Right? I mean, simultaneously. Yeah. Yes. Because we knew the virus was out and about in the country since late January, since early January, actually. So if we had a national strategy that involved all of us doing the same things at the same time, that would have made a huge difference in controlling the virus. Well, that but, is... Yeah, but the other thing our <laughs> governor did that I think is very important, and others should follow suit, he's allowing anybody who wants to be tested to be tested, whether they have symptoms or not. And the reason why that's important is we cannot fight an invisible enemy, and the only way to make this invisible enemy visible is to test, 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 right? And then so, you find it. Find it. So I applaud the governor for doing those two very important things because they're going to save lives. But unfortunately, if the rest of the country is not doing similar things, again, 
we'll just find ourselves right back where we started when people start to move back and forth. We'll be back right after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This is a call-in show where we use the voicemail technology. Some of the kids may not remember this. We were leaving <laughs> voicemails as, as long ago as three years ago. Uh, and so we have, a, um, we have a voice message, and I'd like you to comment, as we say, on the other side. Okay. Here we go. Hello, Bill. My name is Nicole. I'm from Mascot, a small rural area of Tennessee. As I'm sure you know, in Tennessee, it's quite resistant to science, in particular, especially concerning evolution and climate change. While I love the natural beauty and the simple way of life in my hometown, it sadly comes at a cost. So is she in worse shape living in a rural area than in an urban area? Uh, I think yes and no. Yes, from the point of view that the virus is probably not likely to have reached where she lives as quickly as it would an urban area. Many of the models for how the virus spreads are based on where airports are and how busy they are, and whether or not they're international travelers who move to those airports. And since Nashville has become a hub of business, music, health, finance, people are traveling from all over the world to come here. It was not surprising to me and others that we were gonna have a major outbreak in Nashville. But to the extent that the rural areas don't have people coming back and forth like we do here, they're probably going to get the bars later than than uh, we would. But, but once the it's there, yeah, go ahead. Exactly. But, but it's coming. It just means that their outbreak will happen a little later than ours. But here's the good news. If we were to preemptively start screening those folks to find the few who are positive, do contact tracing and quarantining, we can literally stop the virus in its tracks in some of these places. What does that require? A plan, some resources, and the will to do it. If we had those three things, 
we could actually stop the virus from becoming a problem in areas like that because there's a chance to lock it in place and keep it from spreading. The other thing is if you're in a rural area, there are going to be fewer hospital beds, fewer uh, uh, intensive care units. All the more reason, Bill, to do what I'm saying. Knowing that that is the case, why wouldn't we preemptively keep the virus from becoming a problem in those areas? And we know how to do that. Poverty has a tremendous connection to this infection, right? And uh, when most of society gets a cold, the black community gets pneumonia, right? So why, what's happened that's been more successful there in Tennessee or rather in Nashville than other places? Well, I think for, for the most part, it really comes down to what I said, which is I think the African-Americans in Nashville, perhaps more so than in other places, have taken to heart the advice that's been given about how not to get infected. But unfortunately, people who work in jobs, service kinds of jobs, who are on the front lines and grocery stores and other kinds of positions, they're more likely to contract the virus than others are. And as you're you know, more exposed, yeah. Yes. And as you know, those jobs tend to be held more by people who are of color or who come from disadvantaged or poor backgrounds. So we have been trying very hard to have special attention. We're trying to keep everybody protected. But from my perspective, knowing that nursing home, assisted living facilities, prisons, and minority communities are highly vulnerable populations, we should be giving special attention to those groups. And that's what we're trying to do. So along this line, you set up uh, a testing center at Meharry uh, yes. School of Medicine without waiting for anybody to tell you to do it, right? Correct. We did that. And unfortunately, we were ready to go for about two weeks before we could go because we couldn't get the supplies we needed. Um, what kind of supplies are you talking about? Test kits and PPE. Personal protection equipment. Personal well, I mean, it, 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 it was part of a national story, actually. We were, not, we were not alone in that. There were other places that were having a hard time getting these materials just like we did. If I'm a Tennessean, how would I go about getting tests? Uh, well, who would I contact? How would I find out where to go, what to do? So there's a state uh, website for COVID-19. And what happens is for the upcoming weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, the governor has... The state is setting up about 12 testing sites all over the state that people can simply drive up to and get tested. You don't have to have symptoms. You don't have to fill out any forms. or You don't even have to call ahead. You just drive up and get tested. And, and so you're sitting in your car. Somebody yep. wearing protective equipment asks you to run the swab way up your nose. No, do the- they do it. They, the guy in the, the person in the protective equipment does yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. not trusting you to go too short. That's right. Yeah. No, <laughs> yes. really. It's a, no, I had it, you guys, I had uh, uh, flu type B this year, even though oh, I had a type okay. A. Yeah, I had a type A flu. And they tested me for type B by putting the swab up my nose. It may, it may have been a meter long or maybe, meter two, long, maybe two car lengths. <laughs> and they put it up my nose. I kid, everyone. It's very short. When they put it up your nose. It takes an instant, an instant. And then they have all the mucus they need. That's so, right. so do you have a moment to tell us the story of Dr. Armin Henderson? Well, yes. So Dr. Henderson is one of our alums. And let me put this into context. 
one of the legacies that we are really proud of is that every year we graduate, I don't know, 110 medical students and 60 or so dental students. And 80% of these individuals will go and practice in underserved areas, both dental and medical. Right? This is the Harry Medical Center. Right. So we graduate these individuals and they go out and they serve the people who need them the most. And that's been true for a number of years. And it's part of our legacy, it's part of our mission. So Dr. Henderson is in Florida. He's taking it upon himself to go out and screen the homeless there for COVID-19. How long ago is this? A week ago, two weeks ago? No, it was about two weeks ago, perhaps. Two weeks, yeah. And he's not dressed in a white coat or a fancy suit. He's wearing what he needs to to get the job done. And as he's walking towards, I think it was a guy on the ground. So uh, a cop drives up and starts asking him questions. He didn't like the answers to the questions or didn't believe the answers to the questions. He handcuffs him and was going to arrest him. He was COVID testing while black. Well, yes, Bill, that's what he was doing. And so to me, I made the comment, isn't it extraordinary that we have to fight for our dignity while we're fighting a virus in a pandemic? It's just, it's terrible is what it is. And it made a lot of us very angry but disappointed because we thought we'd gotten past this. But no. No. And, and as, a related, as a related sort of issue, there were a lot of African-Americans, especially men, who did not want to put on face coverings because the reaction to them wearing a face covering that wasn't a real mask would be very different than somebody else doing the same thing. Yes. If you're wearing a cowboy bandana and you're a black guy, people are going to look at you differently than a dorky white guy Bill does. And isn't isn't that sad? Well, the longest journey begins with a single step, my friend. And you and Meharry are are doing the great work. Well, we're trying. Yeah, well, I really appreciate it. And I hear in your voice your fatigue. Not that you're falling asleep, but just everybody, this is science. The virus doesn't know if you're black or white. The virus doesn't know if you're from Tennessee or even Arkansas. The black it just doesn't even know. <laughs> it does so not. let's deal with this with science. Yes. The man Please. does not make the earth go around the sun. It Please, just does. So hold it. Now, we got a few things we got to cover here. Do you have time for the lightning round? What's the lightning round? That's where we ask you questions and you just give the quick response right off the top of your head. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I remember. No, I it's guess. not. The- <laughs> so overall, how do you feel about Tennessee's response so far? Or this is a recap. I feel pretty good. Pretty I'm good. Concerned. I'm concerned, but I'm feeling, I don't know, feeling pretty good. How do you feel about the danger of reopening the state too early? I'm very nervous about it. And I'm very concerned about it, that we've done a lot of good work to control the virus. Are we going to undo that hard work by opening too soon? All right. Pay attention, everyone. Who gets hit the hardest by this thing? African-Americans and Hispanics. Yeah. People of color. Lastly, what can we do to not be a vector? (laughs) Bill, we can stay at home, wash our hands frequently. Protect our T-zone, eyes, nose, and mouth. Wear a face covering, right? And we need to be vigilant. And, you know, politely say something when we see people are not 
maybe protecting themselves. I see people wearing the mask with the below the nose, below oh, the no. nostril. People, no people, help a feller out here. <laughs> anyway, doctor, thank you so much for time. You are you are the man. You are out there getting her done in your community, a community that really I hope becomes a model for the world. Bill, thank you. Thank you. Our guest today has been Dr. James Hildreth, President and CEO of Meharry Medical College and an expert in infectious diseases. Thank you so much again, James, Dr. Hildreth. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Bill. Now, remember, you can join this podcast like our friend uh, Nicole there from Tennessee. Just leave us a question on voicemail. You remember that. You hear the beep and you talk. You call 201-472-0785. That's 201-472-0785. Now, my friends, this is worldwide. That's where they get the idea for the name, pandemic. We're all in this together. And more than ever, everyone, science rules. Now, if you like science rules, coronavirus edition, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out, helps us learn who's listening, how to reach us, how to make the show popular and change the world. And it helps people learn about the show. So thank you. Science Rules Coronavirus Edition is a production of Witness Docs from Stitcher. The show is produced by Stephanie Karayuki, Dan Bloom, and Corey S. Powell. Our editor today is Tracy Samuelson. Our engineer is once again Luz Fleming, who also mixed this episode. Peter Clowney is our executive producer. Special thanks to Casey Halford. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer of Stitcher. And at Stitcher, everyone, science rules. One more thing. Oh, wait, it's three more things. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Thank you. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.